Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in, Hawks fans. Your boy Bryce Lewis back at it again for another Believe in Hawks episode. Episode 30. Crazy, we've got the 30 episodes since I started this podcast covering our Atlanta Hawks on a very tumultuous season that we've had so far. And today on the pod, we're going to talk about the game between Orlando and the Hawks. Hawks losing a game 117-110, a game that was kind of a get another copy and paste, rinse and repeat kind of a game for the team. So we're going to break that down. Also, I've been seeing a lot of people's comments. I've been seeing a lot of on, on social. Quinn Schneider is 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 not a very liked man right now in the community. A lot of people are questioning Quinn Schneider, questioning his system. People have commented on my videos talking about things Quinn has been doing. I'm going to go into what I think right now with Quinn Schneider, what's happening with the team, and then that will transition into the trade talk rumors that are also surrounding the team and moving forward. And then we'll just take a look at the week ahead for the Hawks coming up as this is a very big week coming up as apparently DeJounte Murray is now able to be traded, I believe Tuesday. So, I mean, I don't think, I don't know if something's going to happen that day, but you know, there's a lot coming up for this team in probably one of the biggest 30 day periods this team will go through in this franchise's history right now. Uh, a lot of questions around this team. We're going to go ahead and try to break it all down and believe on Hawks today. Before we get into that, guys, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're a Hawks fan or Atlanta fan supporter. Go ahead, subscribe, like the video, bro. I appreciate all the love and support that you guys give me. Then also, at the same time, if you're listening to me through audio, leave a really rating, leave a review, share it with your friends. Let people know about Believe in Hawks so people can find this pod and listen and be as another alternative for the Atlanta Hawks in their fandom. So if you want to do that, I appreciate you guys if that is the case as well. Let's go ahead and dive right into it. Like I said, the Hawks lose tonight 117-110 over the Atlanta Magic in a game that, like I said before, has basically been a lot of rinse and repeat for this team. First half played well, had a nine-point lead, then came back. Second, third quarter, the death quarter, as some people call it for the Hawks. Hawks blow the lead. Hawk and Magic uh, were able to take the lead. Now, Hawks did fight in the fourth quarter. They were able to get stops and get enough points down the stretch to get it in overtime. But then Orlando and Paolo was able to take advantage and go ahead and take the game home in overtime, outscoring the Hawks in the overtime 12-5. to 5. So um, that leads to another loss as the Hawks go back to now seven games under 500 on the season. So let's go ahead and get into it, guys. I mean, pretty much in this game, first I want to say 
you know, three-point shot shot was not good today. Um, the team as a whole was not a 30 from the field. Uh, that's been a big, big uh, issue for this team as of late is the three-point shot has not been great. Um, obviously, you want to see more from that, but it just hasn't been that great as of recently. And I think that's hurt this offense in terms of what they want to do and how explosive this team can be. And overall, field goal percentage they shot 46% from the field. But one of the big stories of tonight was free throw shooting. Only shooting 59% from the field from the free throw line, 17 of 29. You missed 12 free throws tonight, crucial free throws. Trey was missing free throws. Jalen was missing. Excuse me. Jalen didn't take any. Jante missed four free throws tonight. Trey missed three. Two of your top players missed seven free throws tonight. Can't have that. I mean, that's just, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like it's one of those things where every every team has those nights, and just tonight just was not a great night to have that. Because that usually, Hawks are usually, I think, uh, 83% on the season before this game at the free throw stripe. So for them to shoot this poorly at the line it really uh, was a big deal when it came to what eventually lost and won you this what lost you this game so that wasn't great but i mean overall i mean you, you get your performances from your guys i mean trey had 31 tonight uh jalen had 12 and 11 tonight Dejounte with 24 bay with 16 uh clint with only four but 12 boards uh bogey was really the only bench production again the last couple of games are again reiterating something i've mentioned multiple times on the podcast they get nothing from the end of their bench. Garrison Matthews was hurt early in the game, only played two minutes. And basically, Quinn Snyder did not go to anyone else on the bench. He pretty much just he had Wesley Matthews in for a stretch and pretty much was just a seven-man rotation the whole rest of the game. He basically said, we're not going to Lundy. We're not going to any of the extra guys. I guess that's that's what he felt like was best. But um, that that pretty much it was, was the big the big thing here. Um was was you're getting zero points from the Matthews and all everything else comes from your starters. Bogey was the only starter who really had a good night offensively with 18. Kongu only had five and six in the game. Now, luckily for Kongu, when he was on the floor, they were plus 19. So again, they played better when Kongu and Bogey were on the floor. They were the ones with the pluses on the floor. Every starter was in negatives with plus minus. So obviously that's not ideal, but you know, that's that's what that that's what that's looking like right now for this team. And, you know, for the most part, again, you had a third quarter. We only score 18 in the third quarter. Again, that that it's just it's just the Hawks always have a quarter where they just can't do anything or it's just hard for them. They'll play really, really good in a quarter. They'll start bad and come back and then they'll just have that quarter where it just kind of just what happened? Why is execution bad? Why is execution lacking? Why are they unable to get stops? Why are they underscore the basket? Why are we just cold for an entire quarter? What happens? So all of that happened tonight against Orlando. And Orlando has been a team that's been surprising. I know a lot of people, some people still don't believe in Orlando Magic. Some people still don't believe in what they have is maintainable. Some people think they may be fool's gold and then they'll trail off as the season goes on. One thing Orlando uh, really commits to is defense. And then obviously Paolo and some of the young guys that they've drafted over the years stepping up scoring some big baskets, which I mean, Paolo is the best player on this team, and he did what he needed to do tonight uh, to to get the to help them get the win over the Hawks. So, you know, shout out to them for getting a good win. But for the Hawks and their sake, like I said, this game's been a bunch of rinse and repeat, man. It's just it's been tough. Now, defensively tonight, if you exclude the overtime, you only up 105 points. That's probably one of the better defensive efforts you probably had this season than as as the Hawks to only do that. 
to only allow that. But again, the issue is, is that for a team that scores 122 points a game, you only score 105 yourself. <laughs> so you weren't able to score offensively either. And it just wasn't enough. So that was tough overall. But now let me transition into Quinn Schneider. Quinn Schneider has been has been facing some heat from the fans. A lot of people have not been happy about his rotations. A lot of people have not been happy about some decisions he's made, some of the coaching decisions he's made. And obviously with the lack of being able to hold leads, a lack of these, these quarters of just sloppiness, it's hard to not reflect that on the head coach. It's hard not to say he is at fault for that because he is the guy who's getting these guys ready to play night in and night out. So, you you know, he you feel like, okay, yeah, he has to face some of that blame. He has to face some of that that criticism. So my, my opinion on Quinn is, is this. I, I feel like Quinn has came in here. And, and the thing is, is that this season, Quinn Schneider, was given the task of taking the talent from previous years, from last year's team, pretty much, and 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 improving it. The perception was they could improve each internally a lot. Like there was a lot of growth with a lot of the players that they could improve internally. Like Trey could get better, Johnson get better, DeAndre can get better, uh, Kongu, um, you know, all these guys could just improve their games under Quinn and his system and his vision. And then that would create a better product on the floor. That hasn't happened. People, somebody made this tweet, and I agree with this. Bogey, six man of the year running. Trey, you know, he had one of the best months that any player has ever had in December. You know, he was getting 30 and 10 every 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 other game. You know, DeJounte, as much as he's faced criticism for his defense, I mean, he's still giving you about 20 a game. You know, I mean, DeAndre Hunter shooting 40% from three. You know. Clint still giving you double doubles. Obviously, he's not the 2021 Clint, but you know, he's still giving you double doubles. Like, and I'm and I'm saying all these things, and it's just like, okay, bogey, like I said, it's been hot. Like, okay, so if this is happening, then the team must be improving, right? Well, no. You know, like the issue last year with this team was defense. They couldn't stop nobody. The issue this year is still they can't stop nobody. <laughs> like, like that, that never improved. And if you think about it logically, well, okay, we never really changed a lot of the people who were playing defense from last year's team. Then would it make sense that they would improve that much defensively? Because people, you know, because the perception with Nate was, okay, they, they weren't bought in anymore to Nate. So that's why, you know, when you're not bought in, especially defense being such an effort side of the ball, maybe that could have affected things. Well, it seemed like they were all seemed like they were bought into Quinn. And defense has still been a struggle. And, 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 and yes, the defensive scheme that they're running was more aggressive at the beginning of the year. If you notice the Falcons, not the well, I'm not say the Falcons. I want to talk about the Hawks <laughs> have not been as aggressive in recent games with turnovers and creating steals because they're trying to stay more at home to help with the defense defense. Because I've said over the last couple of weeks, the defense to me has not been visually as bad as it was earlier in the season. I feel like there's been I feel like the problem is, is that they have moments where they'll just allow the team to score 25 points in three minutes in the whole rest of the game. And it's like they're fine. It's it's just like they're stretches of like I said, just bad basketball. You know, even today, 105 points, you know, but they have had some lack of discipline on the defensive end. Obviously, a big thing was what was trending on Twitter 
was the pitcher from the Indiana game when someone was driving on the Hawks and all five Hawks defenders were looking at the ball, not their man. So the Pacers are able to just cut left and right because they're not paying attention and that create easy, easy baskets for them. Is that a scheme thing? Potentially. Is that, is that, is that just a lack of communication? Cause you've heard Quinn say, you've heard other guys say it, communication, communication, communication. You don't, and it feels like the Hawks don't communicate that much on the floor defensively. And so is that a Quinn thing? Is, is, is Quinn not able to instill? Is it just the players are not defensive minded players? I mean, you know, players have to take some blame on that. Um, you know, rotations. Listen, with the in, like, like the thing is with the rotations, my thing with that is, is if you think about it, think like the thing is, is that everybody's just kind of like play the young guys, play Seth, play Kobe, play, play them. Just, just, just play AJ. Just take their, take, take your chances with them. I'd rather that than play Garrison Matthews and Wesley Matthews and Patty Mills, guys who you just know aren't going to contribute that much to you. Yeah, they're veterans, and yeah, they may make a smart play because they're veterans, and da da da. da. But I'd rather take my chances with the, with the young guys and growing and making mistakes, especially if we're if this is the team we're going to be. If we're going to be a team that's not competing, why not give them a chance? Obviously, could rotations be better? Yes, there was a lineup that they did. Earlier this season, they've done it twice. I don't know if they've done it ever since. They probably haven't because two two of the guys who have been who are in that lineup have not been healthy at the same time for a couple of months. DeAndre Hunter and Jalen Johnson. They and, and this is something that has gotten back into two games, and I don't know why he hasn't gone to it more. Is the lineup where you either have Trey or Dejounte at the point guard position, then you have Bay at two, Hunter at three, Jalen at four, Akongu at five, because everybody can switch. Everybody can. I mean, Bay is not a great defender, but like. He's he's probably guarding a two, which I would feel better about him guarding than like a four, because I feel like he's out of position then. And I felt like in the Hornets game, if you remember the first game of the season, they put that lineup on the floor, they got back into the game in the fourth quarter and took the leap. And then I can't remember the other game, but they only used it for like two minutes that game. And I've always said that's a good road, like that's a good lineup. Like I don't wonder why he doesn't use that lineup. That's probably one of your best defensive lineups too. And you still have offense on the floor. So I felt like that was also one of your most balanced lineups as well. So that was something that I always felt like could have been better was, was some of those rotational decisions like that are the Yaku uh, Clint Capella uh, front court. Why doesn't he use that more? You know, you're a smaller team. If you're playing bigger teams, maybe you should use that lineup more to go against those bigger lineups, you know? Uh, you know, Quinn, Quinn could definitely – have chose better lineups for those situations. And yes, he could have probably played the young players more. Now I will have to give him credit. He has kind of gave it everybody a shot to play. You know, it's like he has, it. he wasn't like Nate where Nate McMillan would just kind of just stick and live and die by it. I remember when we had COVID and he still was barely playing the young guys. He just was like, I'm just going to shorten the rotation. Quinn has at least showed the ability to say, I'm willing to give you a chance to give me some run. But the issue is that those guys don't get enough run to really make an impact on the game. So I feel like that's why you haven't seen that impact that maybe we're seeing. Kobe's killing it in College Park. But, you know, again, with the guard position the way it is, where where is he going to fit in that? Who, who is he going to cut? Whose minutes is he going to cut to get him in the game? And I think that's the thing. So coming into the season, like I said, he was basically tasked with taking the talent and making it better. And that results in a better team result. But it hasn't happened that way at all. So now I think what's happening with these trade rumors 
and you're hearing them saying we're going to build around, and the rumors are saying building around Trey, building around Jalen, and moving forward with Quinn. Because first of all, people, at the end of the day, it's not good optics to hire a coach and then fire a coach that this quickly. I know people get frustrated by these things, but you can't just do that. Like, you know, like we get, we, we, we get frustrated with things. We can't just fire a guy <laughs> just because in a year into something, we're not liking what we see. Unless, unless it's like the Hawks were like two and like 40 or something like that. It's like, what, like, what, like right now there's no, there's no point of firing. Yes. Is it the result we want it? No, but the front office also understands what they gave him. The front office gave him this roster. They gave him the weak depth. They, Hawks used to be a team that could go 10 deep. They can't go anymore. That's what the roster gave Quinn Snyder. You can't say that's on Quinn for that. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Because also it's about roster construction. The young guys can't play because there's not a, there's not a clear defined position for them to play. Like Kobe's a guard. We are stacking a guard. You see what I'm saying? Where is he going to play? The only guy who I've always felt like through this entire situation could have probably seen some minutes, maybe, was Muhammad Gay. Just because he's a wing and he's a four. So we've had injuries up there at that spot. So, like, it would make sense for him to find a, a path to playing time. Seth is also a guy we could play more, but he hasn't played him since he got back from his ankle injury. You know, he's available. He hasn't played him. So, I mean, that's Quinn's decision. I'd like to see him back out there. I'd love to see Seth back out there. I think he was starting to get more confident in general just playing out there with the with the main guys. But he hasn't gone back to that. And that's fine. But now with the rumors, what they're doing is kind of giving Quinn Schneider a fresh slate, a fresh, a fresh canvas. They said, listen. Your two components are going to be Trey and Jay. Everybody else may not be here. You're hearing soft reset. You're hearing seller. What does this mean for Quinn Snyder? Depending on what you get back, could open the door for guys like Kobe and Seth to play. Muhammad gets healthy. Let him play. AJ, unless he's traded in one of these trades, which he could be. Like I said, they said everybody's available. I'm saying Kobe. Kobe could be traded. I mean, we we really they're they're leaving it open ended. Like we you don't know what this team's going to look like. I don't and I don't think and I don't think when, when when we talk about soft reset, I don't think this team is about to just become a complete 
literal tank. That's why I think they would hope maybe to get a lottery pick back in one of these trades. So then they would already have a pick already in the lottery in case they're not a lottery team, which is smart. Because you could also flip that for something you need to do over the summer. But Quinn is giving the ability now to be given the roster that maybe you could say he should have been given from the get-go. Because one thing people have also said is, listen, this isn't a Quinn Schneider roster to the extent. Like, like guys who, who stick out like a store thumb are guys like DeAndre Hunter, guys like Clint Capella. They seem like they don't potentially fit the offense. DeJounte may not fit because he's just not a two. He's a point guard. He, he just he can place him two, but that's not his, that that being his main position is not his fit. You know, and if I'm telling you three of your three of your five starters don't fit with what you're trying to do, it kind of makes sense why you see what you see on the court from a fit perspective and a play perspective and an inconsistency perspective, right? So. I think with all the with everything that we're hearing and the rumors and things like that, it's creating this opportunity for now them to bring in maybe some young, talented players, more defensive-minded players, guys who may fit his system better. And then also, when you make these trades, you also want to make sure they fit around Trey and Jalen if you're building around them. So for Quinn in his situation, I think... Yes, could Quinn start to be better? Of course. But at the same time, I'm not going to crap on him like people are just because, in a way, I mean, this still kind of isn't his quote-unquote roster. Now, in saying this, whatever move the Hawks make, I don't think that this is truly going to be a whatever year for them and the next year's a competing year. Next year, there'll be some pressure on because now you'll be technically a year and a half into being the coach. NBA is a little bit more not as forgiving. You can get fired after two years, especially unless, again, you're in a rebuilding situation, like a, like a straight, strong rebuilding situation. So for me, once they make these moves and they adjust the roster and they change some things up, now Quinn has to, to produce with on-court product. Now we can't say that, oh, you got guys who stick, who, who stick out like a sore thumb and injuries. I mean, obviously injuries can still impact things, but there's just going to be more there now where it's like, okay, Quinn, we can't say this is why you're, the team's not playing well. So he's going to have to start winning some games next year if they do this soft reset. This soft reset is literally just to help acquire players that will better fit what they want to do and better fit around Trey and Jalen. Because personally with this offense, I feel like a lot of players can grow in Quinn's offense. So it's okay to maybe get players who have offensive potential but are defensive-minded within the system. Because like I said, DeAndre Hunter is a 40% three-point shooter right now. He wasn't that before. So <laughs> I feel like guys have improved offensively within this system. I just think defensively, you're going to need defensive-minded people to run the system, and they don't have that right now. They don't have guys who can do what they need to do to be able to run it the most efficient and most effective way they can, and you can see that in the way they play. 
So I'm I'm still going to leave the jury out on Quinn Snyder. I still like him as a coach. Uh, I don't have an issue with him. He has been given what he's been given. I know there are decisions that he could make that could be better, and I'm not going to not say that he couldn't. I've named two lineups or two examples of things that he could have probably done more. I also think, yeah, with some of the issues you've had, why not play the young players more? I'm not going to sit here and debate that. I'm just saying that I'm not – listen, this may be a thing where just a lot of these core guys have just been together too long, and it's just not working. They've reached their, they've reached their peak a couple of years ago. It's time to switch up the blood and switch it up and see what it looks like building around Trey, Trey and Jalen, elite guard and elite wing. Boom, and see what that looks like and see what you put around them and see if that – creates a better product on the court and where this, where that can take the franchise. So that's just how I feel about it. Now talking about trade rumors, and I've already kind of mentioned it during that, that part of it, the Hawks obviously are in a spot where they have a lot of moves that can be made. Now, DeJounte has been the big talk. Uh, Nick's, Lakers, you've heard. Uh, there was an article that said Toronto maybe during the offseason. You know, like that when DeJounte signed his extension, it was because he didn't want to go to Toronto, so he just signed the extension. I mean, that, that was interesting if that's true. Um so he doesn't want to go to Toronto, and they feel like that may be part of why the Siakam deal is not going to happen now, why they've said the Hawks have moved on from that. He's the big – I think he is the big – he's the guy you're going to get the most back for. So he'll he'll be the person that everybody's going to wonder where he goes. And every team thinks that he can be effective on their team. Especially if he's able to go back to being a point guard full-time. Bogey's probably our second most important guy in terms of people because he's just a sharpshooter. Everybody needs a 3 and D like Bogey. Everybody wants the ability to just have a flame floor that comes off the bench. Bogey's going to garner a lot of interest. We've heard that a lot. So he is a really good player to package with a Hunter or with a Capella or with a DeJounte. I mean, I don't know if they're – I don't think they would trade him separately. I don't know, but I think he's a great package player with, with a package you're getting a, got an elite uh, six-man-a-year candidate with whatever. So could maybe that be used for picks potentially? I don't know. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, we've heard his name and rumors for a couple of years. Now I think his his course, he's played his, he's played his course in Atlanta out. You know, he's, 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 he's done, you know. I, I just think with the injuries and I just think everything that I – I don't feel like there's a lot left for him here. I think he needs a fresh start for sure. So I, I expect him to be moved. If, if I told you who I expect to be moved before the deadline, Jante and Hunter would be the two people. The people I think that during the summer most likely to be moved would be Clint. Because here's the thing. With the soft reset, people don't understand, is that you're going to make moves now to get picks, maybe get some expiring contracts, maybe get a couple of players that you like that you maybe want to part of this team long-term. It could help with the vision. But then in the summer, you're going to finish up making the reset by now making maybe a bigger move or making another move during the off season and then going into the season next year to compete. So I wouldn't be surprised if not every single player we're hearing is traded before the trade deadline. Now they could be, 
but they might keep one and then they're moved in the offseason. So that is something to look into. But I think, you know, with DeJounte and with everything like that, you know, Clint probably like like you could. I don't know. There's, there's teams that need centers. There's teams that need a good guard. There's teams that need a, a wing. Luckily, the need for all those positions are there. They're going to go to maybe the with the winning teams and say, hey, who do you want? Do you use one of these guys to say, let's use him to try to get more picks back in return? You're probably not going to get what you got back for DeJounte, but can you get a couple of firsts? That would be big. Get you some get you some 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 stockpiling of draft picks. So again, if you get to the offseason, you do want to make a move, you can't. Right? So, you know, the trade deadline will be a very interesting time for the Hawks. And I'll be I'll be curious to know like what this team looks like in a month. I think some people are excited about the 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 the, the reality of like this team's gonna change. I mean Looking ahead, I mean, you play Philly Wednesday. I mean, you lose that game, you're 14-22. Then you play the team that just blew you out by 34 in Indiana again on Friday. And then you play a back-to-back against Washington, which you've beat three times. So, I guess that could be a win. But, you know, you got a soft stretch because you played the Wizards and the Spurs back-to-back. Then you got Orlando again, the Heat, and Cleveland. Like... The stretch coming up, man. Like, yeah, I don't know the way this team's playing. Uh, this, this, this is gonna work out. So the Hawks are expected to be active before the trade deadline, leading up to it. And I'm, I'm very curious to see what this team's gonna look like. You guys, leave your comments down below about what, what y'all think is gonna happen with the team. What y'all think is the future of this team moving forward. I uh, love to hear what y'all say about that. Um, like I said tonight, didn't get a good, just didn't do enough to be Orlando. It's just one of those years, man. Like we probably weren't expecting it to be this way. There's a little bit more expectations, but you know, this is how things have worked out, and this is the reality of the team. And now we're looking at the potential for a lot of change, and I'm interested to see what this change looks like. So. Definitely have to keep an eye on that, guys, and see how that goes. But, like, once again, guys, I appreciate you guys tuning into the Believe in Hawks podcast. Like I said, guys, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Bryce underscore 2K. But also don't forget to subscribe and like the video and subscribe to the channel. And then also Sandy Fradio. Don't forget to leave a rating or review as well. Love you guys. Support. Appreciate all the support for, for the pod, man. Trying to continue to grow this, man, as we continue. Episode 30, only 20 away from 50. So we're going to keep grinding, grinding it out there, man. So appreciate all you guys. This is your Believe in Hawks podcast. It's your boy, Bryce Lewis. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.